0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We've taken time not to share the vision of where we were going until we first shared what your purpose was. We wanted you first to know what your purpose was before we shared what the vision was. Because if you don't know your purpose in life, it doesn't matter what our vision is. Say it again, Pastor. And so one of the things I find in, in the book, and I love the book of the 40 days of purpose, your purpose driven life. But he misses out on the most important purpose. You might call it purpose number six. I call it purpose number one. And that purpose is what you see on the banner right in front of you. That in Genesis 1.28, God says, let us make man in our image, in, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. dominion. You weren't, He doesn't say created for worship or for membership or for other. He says, yeah. created for dominion. dominion. Yeah. If you want to know what you were created for, you were created to have dominion. Amen. You were created to dominate. When God blew breath into you, he blew the ability to have dominion over every aspect of your life. And that's why at times, when any, whenever anything seems to be overwhelming us, whether it's bad habits of eating, not working out, financially things getting out of control, relationships falling apart, family falling apart, you feel overwhelmed because you were created to dominate, not to be dominated. That's why you know that there's something out of place. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs 28. We're going we're to launch from here as we lay out this Vision Sunday. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, I have a vision. Turn to your other neighbor and let them know that I can see. I can see, I can see what you're wearing. Even if it don't match, you don't say nothing. Proverbs 28, verse 19. And, you know, I, I see this all over. I, see, I mean, business people use this. Uh, churches use this. Families use this. I, I see this statement everywhere. But we get it so wrong. We only quote the first part of the verse. The wisest man in the world wrote this when he said, where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy... But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want, you, I, want you to, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever heard that scripture before? Hey, I'll just let him read it. He has a much better voice than mine. I want you to that, that English accent in the, in the Bible app is so cool. and so where there is no vision, the people perish. But I want to read it to you in a couple other versions so you get a better idea. Take, take a look at this. Another version puts it this way. It says, where, it says, "Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law." In other words, vision gives us the ability to stay in our lanes. When you have a vision for your marriage, you you will stay in your lane and no other woman will get your attention. Come on, somebody. All the husbands say. When you have a vision, I don't care how, how many compliments she gives you. When you have a vision for your marriage, you stay in your lane. Somebody say amen. When you have a vision for your health, it doesn't matter how many times you drive by Taco Bell or In-N-Out. You are, you are focused in on my health. And I'm not going to look at that, that fast food restaurant. I'm not going to stop. Yesterday was so hard. We, we went to the mall. We had dinner with a couple from the church. and uh, Actually, lunch. And as we're walking through, you walk through the mall. And there's one smell that gets you. Cinnabon. You lying devil. That smell of Cinnabon just... Don't matter if if I'm trying to get in shape or trying to eat right. But when you have a vision where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. When when the vision's not strong enough, you end up doing things that you didn't plan on doing. And so when you have a vision, though, whether it's to get out of debt, whether it's to get in shape, whether it's to heal your marriage, to raise a good family, vision keeps you in your lane. Another version puts it this way, without guidance from God... Law and order disappear. But God blesses everyone who obeys the law. Come on. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. So what, what the word is saying is this. It's not just without vision people perish. It's without vision and implementing God's ways to that vision people perish. So you can have a vision... But if you don't do it God's way, people will still die. The people still die when you don't do things God's way. You might have a vision to have a successful business, but if you're ripping people off and doing whatever you have to do to get to the top, that business will not survive. It's going to fall apart because you're breaking the law of God. So it's obeying the law of God along with the vision that, that's important. The word vision in the Hebrew is chazon, not, not cowzone. See some of you are getting hungry already. Chazon is the Hebrew word for vision. And it comes from the word that means to perceive or to foresee. So when I talk about having a vision, I have the ability to not only foresee something happening, but I perceive. Uh, you know what perception is it's something that you you don't use your eyes for perception it's something you feel uh, come on, somebody, you gotta, you got to grab a hold of this this morning. When you have perception, it's like the Spirit of God coming into agreement with the direction that you're going. And you might look at your financial situation and have no reason to believe that you should be blessed. But something happens, you perceive it inside, that I'm heading somewhere, I'm about to have breakthrough, I'm about to have something take place in my life, and you anticipate it, you see it. Now, women are great at perception, all the ladies say. Amen. I said, all the ladies say, Amen. I don't know how you do it. You know, just, sister, sister Sandra, speak it, girl. She said, we just do. <laughs> men and gen, I'm speaking generalities, of, of course. OK, but men generally focus in on facts. Women focus in on feelings. Women are moved according to feelings when men are moved according to fact. That's why when you argue with your wife, gentlemen, she will say, you never do this, and you always do that. And she's right. Because that's how she, what she's saying, you're thinking, not in 1972, I took you to this place. You never take me out. I took you out in '72. We went out, we went outside. I showed you the backyard, and we came back. You, men are you facts. Men argue facts. We, we are fact-based. That's why if the, if the business deal looks good, if we have enough money, if we have, it looks like we have the ability to make it happen, we, we look at things and we make decisions based on facts. Women feel. That's why when she says you never and you always, she's saying you make me feel like you never do this. Or you make me feel like you never do that. That's why she has the right to say that because you can't argue feeling. And even if you win the argument, gentlemen, you lost. Say it again, Pastor. Wow. Because the feeling you can't change. We as men focus in on fact. But I want you, there are times that my wife, I'll look at, a, at something that we want to purchase or something we want to do, and everything looks good as far as I'm concerned. But she comes up, I, I always, I've learned to ask her, What do you think about this? Or how do you feel? And there's times that she'll say, just don't know. I I don't feel comfortable with it. I used to plow through the I don't feel comfortable with it. And just do it. And always end up having to say, I should have listened to you. Should I don't know what it is about their perception. I would save myself so much trouble because she has the ability to perceive. That's what vision is. Vision's the ability to perceive things. And vision, let me take you a little deeper. When I talk about vision, I'm not talking about having a vision for your family, having a vision for your business. Those things are good. The kind of vision I'm referring to is the vision of the law of God. Say it again, Pastor. I'm talking about the vision of the law of God. That's keeping the law of God, God's ways, number one, as you put your vision together with your purpose. That when I know that where I'm going is that if I have a vision for success, I bring in the principles of God into that desire for success, and I do it God's way. If I want to get out of debt, I do it God's way. If I want to get healthy, I do it God's way. Because when I remove the principles of God from the vision. It's that kind. When we lose that kind of vision, that's when people die. People die when we do, don't do things God's way. And it confuses people. Because you're doing a good thing, but you're going about it the wrong way. Have you ever noticed that? Some people are doing the right thing. They're, they're doing the right thing for their family, but they're doing it in the wrong way. And that's why when they sit down with you and share that business opportunity, you feel something inside of you like, it sounds good, but there's something about you that's not right. Wow. You, ever, you ever feel that? It's, there's something that's not, it's the principles aren't matching up. It's not enough to have the vision. You have to make sure you're doing it according to the laws and the ways of God. Come on, somebody say amen. When the revelation of God's ways are lost in society, people cast off restraint. Everyone does what they want to do, how they want to do it, in the way they want to do it. And there's no longer anything called sin anymore. It's just a choice. Everything becomes personal choice because I'm not doing it God's way. I'm doing it based on what I want, the goal for my life. And someone's goal might be, check, check this out, and I, this might be an extreme. My goal might be happiness. But what brings that person happiness is molesting a child. Destruction. You can't bring your vision about while destroying lives in the process. Come on, somebody. you gotta gra- You got to understand where I'm taking you. So people cast off restraint. So when I talk about vision, listen very carefully. In fact, write some of this down. Vision is not just the ability to see. Vision is more than the ability to see. Vision is the ability to perceive. It's the ability to see something and and anticipate something. Vision sees things not as they are, but as they could be. I got to tell you, Jules... You, you just bless me, and I've, I've told you this story so many times. When we planted the church all those years ago, we started a married couples class. There was this lady that showed up in married couples every week by herself. And I was like, she's either looking for a husband or she don't realize what class she's in. And yet she'd show up and come to find out that she was praying for her husband. Showing up faithfully, believing for her husband. Standing in the gap for her marriage. Standing in the gap, believing God to put things back together. And then one Sunday, this dude that I didn't believe existed showed up. And look at, look at them today. That's, that's perception. That's vision. That's holding on when you could have given up. There's other parts of the story, but that's on you guys. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Vision has the ability to see things not as they are, but as they could be and as they should be. When I look at my marriage and I say, you know what, I love my wife, I love my kids, but we're not where we need to be. I don't look at her and start saying, well, you know, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. No, I start looking at her through the lenses of heaven and through the lenses of vision and start looking at what should be and what could be in our lives. Vision gives you the ability to view things through the lenses of heaven, not through the lenses of circumstance. Vision is a perception. Catch this. Vision is a perception that God is in control. No, no, let me try this side, because you guys totally missed that. Vision is the perception that God is totally in control. I knew it. I knew it. You guys used to be my favorite side. It's coming to this side now. I want you to recognize this, because this is is important. Vision is the ability to view every circumstance through the lenses of heaven. Not through the lenses of my problem. That's why when the children of Israel were about to cross over into the promised land, they looked at the people there and they were like, they're giants there. We can't take them on. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Yeah, come on. They perceived their problem to be bigger than their God. But Caleb said, hey, let us go up at once. Let's not delay. Let's do what God told us to do because they, they're going to become our prey. We can take them on. Let's go do this. I'm here to tell you that there's someone here God told you to move forward, but you're afraid of the giants in the land. I'm here to tell you today, 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 this moment, it's time for you to cross over because the very thing you're afraid of is going to become your lunch. So vision, Vision Sunday isn't about just CWC, it's about you and your family. Do you have a vision for your marriage? When you have a vision for your marriage, it will affair-proof your marriage. If we have a vision for your health, you'll make healthy choices. When you have a vision for your finances, you'll make decisions based on your goals, not on your wants. Say that again, Pastor. I hear people all the time wanting to get out of debt. Then they come rolling up in a car that they didn't even realize that they can't afford the maintenance on or the insurance. I could afford the payment. I didn't realize it was four hundred dollars to change the oil. You have a vision for your business. It removes laziness. You have a vision for education. You commit yourself to your studies. You have a vision for your sobriety. You're going to, you're going to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong environments. To your children, if you have a vision for your children, you're going to put your family as a priority. See, everything I do, I end up viewing through the lenses of God's law. Vision keeps me in my lane. Tell your neighbor, stay in your lane. In your lane. Tell the person behind you, stay in your lane. Nothing drives me more crazy than those drivers that just kind of. Nothing drives me more crazy when people can't stay in their lane. I'm driving here. Stay in your lane. Then I drive by them and say, you're number one. Jesus. Jesus loves you. I stop yelling at people. When they cut me off, now I just drive right up next to them and say, good job. Best driver I've seen in San Jose. That gets them more mad. She's telling me, keep going, keep going. Turn, 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 turn to Genesis chapter 1. I want to take you somewhere this morning. Where is CWC going for the next decade? Not the next year. The next decade. I want to I want to challenge you, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God and God, whenever God speaks, things happen. And God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, according to our pattern and according to our personality, according to our pattern and according to our personality. in, in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. dominion. Everyone say dominion. dominion. I want you to say it again, say Dominion. dominion. I want you to say it one more time to your spirit, Dominion. dominion. I, was I was created. come on, I was created, I was created. To, have to have dominion. I want you to understand something. Is that pers- uh, purpose, gives, purpose gives precision to life. Purpose gives precision. It helps me focus in. It helps me get to the right place in life. And so for the next 10 years, we are talking about what I call DOD. Not DOA, dead on arrival. DOD, decade of dominion. For the next 10 DOD, we're talking about decade of dominion. Why? At the end of these 10 years, you're not going to recognize the you that you see in the mirror after these next 10 years. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be wealthier. You're going to be closer to God. You're going to walk in your purpose. Everything we are going to do is going to be designed for you to to rule your environment, to transform your surroundings, to walk in the purpose that God created you to, that no longer are you going to be talking, hey, how are you doing? Well, under the circumstances We're not going to hear that anymore. How are you doing? Well, I'm over the circumstances. I'm reigning over the situation. I'm transforming my environment. Somebody say amen. So for the decade of dominion, the decade of dominion is all about this. Dominion is from Genesis 1:26. Let us have dominion. That word in the Hebrew dominion means to rule. Everyone say rule. Have you ever paid off a bill? You had a credit card payment, and you paid it off. Not just made the payment. You paid it off. How do you feel when that happens? (laughs) Online? Boom. Make that payment. Boom. Pay off the car? Boom. Pay off the house? Boom. And it was like, back in the day, they used to burn mortgages. We have people that, that are so much in debt, they don't know what it is to be debt-free from a mortgage. And get it out of your mind that because we live in the Bay Area that you can't own a house. I said, get that out of your mind that you can't own a house because you're in the Bay Area. It's what Dominion's all about. I want you to see something here that when... when The the Hebrew means to rule, the Greek derivative that we find, but because the New Testament was written in in Greek, the Old Testament in Hebrew, the Greek derivative is Basilia. Everyone say Basilia. Basilia. Basilia means sovereignty, reign, and kingdom. That's why when we say your kingdom come, your Basilia come, Jesus came to establish his kingdom through the church. I want you to understand that every one of you is here not to build your kingdom. Say it again, Pastor. Do you understand that you bring the kingdom of heaven when you help someone out with their, with their death benefits? That when, that when you help a good launch at Lockheed, that, 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 that there was, you know, that we had a lady here that, that was a, in charge of fragrance department at Bloomingdale's. I told her, you know, how many know that not every cologne smells good on every person? You got to. If you got the certain pH, certain certain things smell funky. It could be a beautiful uh, perfume or cologne, but it get it on the wrong skin, it, it, it's. You walk into an elevator, you're like. When she puts the right cologne or perfume on the right body, the result is a kingdom. When you help someone break their addiction and start a business like you did with Dave, you brought the kingdom. When you help someone out of a financial crisis and situation and help them get their finances in order, you brought the kingdom. It's not building your kingdom, it's building his. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Mankind was given the responsibility, the assignment to represent God on earth and bring his kingdom. And so how do we do that? It's at your business, at your school, it's at your job. Wherever you're at, you have the responsibility to bring God's kingdom because you represent God. I have a question for you this morning. How are you doing so far? How are you representing God right now? See, the problem is some of you are so busy building your own kingdom, you don't have time for God's kingdom. That's why when you were at the club last night trying to hook up with that lady, you were building your kingdom, not his. Oh, pastor, you were there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How does it look when we bring the kingdom of heaven? I'm almost done, so stay with me. How does it look in 2020 to bring the kingdom of heaven through through perfect vision? Let me give you our mandate and our mission. Everyone say our mandate. Amen. Our mission. Number one is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is this, or Great Commandment. Love God. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. With everything we are, we have our number one call is to love God. Secondly, is to love people. That's the Great Commission. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission. That's what CWC is all about. It's not about buildings. It's about people. The great commandment, love God. The great commission, go and tell everyone. We shared last week, go everyone, go everywhere, and tell everyone. Go everywhere and tell everyone about Jesus. That's our purpose. So let, let, me, let me close this out this morning by giving you a, where we're going. Where are we going as a body, over, as a church We have a vision not just to evangelize the east side of San Jose, but to expand. When we started this church, we were a church-planning church. We sent out a church to L.A. We sent out a church to Hawaii as well. And somewhere along the way, we stopped sending. It's time to send again. I said, it's time to send again. But in order to do that, we have to make sure home is strong. Say it again, Pastor. We need to make sure home is strong, because we can't send out if home's not strong enough to support as we send out. So the goal here is that when we get our home to 750 average, San Jose to 750, we've been averaging over 500 the past few months. But if we once we break the 750 mark on average. Then we can start looking at planning other campuses. And our target is Hollister. Our target is Morgan Hill, Hayward, Pleasanton. And beginning to expand to different places to where we can effect and share. The, come on. Share the gospel of Christ to more people. Touch more lives. Impact more people. And globally, not just locally, going back to planning, I would love to see us plant another church back in Hawaii once again. We have a lady that in the first service goes to Hawaii, to Maui, and she ministers to the prostitutes out there. I would love to see us, whether in Maui or in Oahu, plant a church in Oahu or in Maui so we can begin once again to get our footprint back in the islands again and begin to share the, oh, come on, church, the orphanages, and begin to reach lives once again plant churches, develop schools, and make a difference. But in order to do that, we can't send a church to Hollister. We can't send a church to Hayward if we don't have the leadership to fill those roles. So we have a responsibility to raise up my goal in the next few years is to raise up 50 new pastors, evangelists, teachers, pastors, uh, chaplains to raise up more men and women of God that are called to full time ministry. But not only those, but those that also are called to business to get them trained kingdom minded. And that's what Bay Area Leadership Academy is all about is that we would not only train people for ministry, but we would train people for the marketplace as well so that they could go in and bring the dominion of God to every aspect of society. Okay, the claps are getting a little little weaker here, okay? Because the, the reality is this. There is no vision that works if the people don't work it. We could have a vision to touch the world But Jesus said, the problem isn't the harvest. The problem is the workers. He says, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest. The issue isn't not enough people that need Jesus. The issue is that we're too lazy to go out and share them. We're too busy with our lives. And I get it. I'm busy. Last thing I need is something else on my plate. But the reality is this if you stick to your purpose, say it again, Pastor, you stick to your purpose. God's given you enough time to accomplish in your lifetime everything He assigned you to do. We, I'm believing that we raise up 100 new, activate 100 new deacons, people that, are, that have jobs, people that, that love God, but they have their own businesses, their own jobs, and they're activated to make a difference in the local church, to use their giftings, their, their, their talents, and then the training ground of Bala, and then also community influence. We have a nonprofit that we have. We have the church, but then we also have a nonprofit called Basilia, which means kingdom. And we've developed that so that we could reach out to the community and we can make a difference. I want you to understand we have a responsibility. This is what we call church service. Hey, how was service? Oh, worship was good, preaching was good. That's not church service. Church service happens when these doors close and you go outside these walls. That's when church service really... Are you catching this? Or am I preaching to myself? Come on, say it again, Pastor. It's not about having going to service. It's about being in service. It's about going and doing service. It's about going outside these walls and bringing the solution of the kingdom to every aspect of society educationally in the arts, in sports, in every arena and business, bringing the the kingdom to those areas. Somebody say amen. amen. Worship team, if you would help me. As the worship team comes, I want you to see this. How many enjoy our worship team? Amen. We, we are blessed, blessed to have, to have these musicians, these singers, to have these people open up heaven every week. This week we are sending a few of them on a retreat to write original music so that they could create their own EP or LP to where they could have their own songs being released. It's time that our worship team becomes a voice, not an echo. Yeah. They have echoed other people's music for a long time, and they do a phenomenal job in doing it. In fact, it's funny. We have, how many remember Kevin Warren, who was with the Vikings at the time? Right now, he's the, the uh, commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He came, and Troy was up there, and Troy was singing, um, Your presence is heaven to me. And if you've heard Troy sing that, it just, it's just amazing. If you heard the song, it's amazing. So Kevin called me. and he goes, hey, can you send me a copy of that song? He was sitting in the front row just with tears as Troy was singing. So I sent him a copy of the original artist that did the song because we didn't have a copy of Troy singing it. And he goes, no, 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 not this one. I want the one that Troy sang. Because same song, different anointing. same song different anointing it's not saying anything about the songwriter I'm just I'm just saying that he carries something with them and we want to give them that ability to do so now what's the plan it's good to have dominion okay pastor yeah dominion over the next eight weeks I'm going to be speaking about your dominion I'm going to unlock keys in your life to show you how what God's dominion looks like in your life but before we get there we as a church need to be committed to the mission. Great commission, great commandment. Love God, love people. As a result, we'll change the world. So I'm asking you to join me. In fact, I'm ple because we can't do this without you. I'm asking you to join me. We are going into what I call E-1000 and E-100. E-1000 is for this campus to break 1,000 on Easter Sunday and Milpitas to break 100 on Easter Sunday. only way we're going to do that, and I asked this in the first service, how many of you came here because of a flyer, came to CWC because of a flyer? Raise your hand. We had one person. One person. Okay. We had one person in the first service. Did you got? Is that you back there too? No. Just one. One person. First service. One person. This service. How many? Because of a newspaper ad or radio advertisement came here because of that. Okay. Those things are expensive. Okay. How many of you came to the church or came to Christ because of an invitation of a friend? Look around. Where should we be investing our time? We don't need a flyer. You're the flyer. We don't need a radio announcement. You're the announcement. We don't need a television ad, you're the ad. You're the best representation of who Jesus is to a community that needs Christ. You're it. If they're gonna know, it's only gonna be you. So what we're doing, we're asking the adults one by one, Invite someone. Invite two people. Get someone here with you on Easter Sunday. Let's bring someone in because we're going to focus in on winning people one by one, inviting people to Christ. It's not going to happen by a flyer that's at a store. It's going to happen by someone that loves someone enough to say, I don't want to see you in hell. I want to see you in heaven. And so I want to pull you if I have to, to come with me. Through a personal invitation, the kids are going to do what we call egg-vitations. They're going to get Easter eggs with the invitation inside to hand out to their friends. Now, they're going to bring their friends to Children's Church that day, or to, to Synergy Kids. And if they go to Synergy Kids, they're going to get a wristband. And if you get the wristband, you get to start the Easter egg hunt early. It's like the fast track pass at Disneyland. If you've ever been to the Easter egg hunt, we got a lot of community kids that come out. And they're all stuck behind the bars, like prison, as we're putting all the eggs out and and waiting. But we're going to let all the kids with the bands go in first. Our kids, give them the opportunity to start it early. And then we're going to open up the gates to everyone else. Why? Because we want to get them, we want to get the kids into class so they could hear about Jesus. Now, if if people get saved or come to know Christ and they go to another church, it's about the kingdom. It's not about CWC. The kingdom's bigger than us. So, Let me give you three events happening that you have the ability to invite someone to. Number one, take a look at this. Good Friday. Good Friday, we, if you've never been there, if you've never seen this, to ask for Good Friday off of work. Come join us at 10.30 at Big Five in in Milpitas, right off of 2.37. We walk the cross with soldiers and people behind and we do what we call the passion parade. And as the cross is walking, we have a banner in front that says love is greater than hate. And then another banner that says forgiveness over sin. But we're going to have another banner that says um, scandalous love. God's love for us was scandalous. No one would ever believe a God would do this for his own creation. And so we have one. If you can't make it to Milpitas, we walk from Milpitas all the way to the church. And then at noon, we have a Good Friday service with communion and the last seven words of Christ. Great fellowship, great time. Then after that, if you can't make that one, meet us right down the street at uh, 31 Flavors. Grab an ice cream, shake, whatever you want. And then we walk from there to here. On the corner of White Road and Story Road why do we do this? Because as cars drive by, they see Jesus on the, with the cross. And it catches their attention. That Easter isn't about an Easter bunny. It's about the Savior who gave his life. That Good Friday was bad for God, but it was great for us. And that Jesus gave his life so that you and I could live. And then we stop right here in front of the school, and we have communion on the grass with the cross. And we take communion right in front of everyone as they're driving by at rush hour. So I want to invite you. Our goal is to get 100 people in Milpitas to walk and 100 people here in San Jose to walk. Let's get a a group. And you don't even have to be part of CWC. Again, this is kingdom. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. I can't make it Friday. Well, Saturday, Milpitas, we got an Easter egg hunt that's taking place. For the community in, East, uh, in in Milpitas. Then on Sunday, that, there you go. Then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, we have an Easter egg hunt for us here in San Jose. 15,000 eggs for our kids. They're gonna have a blast. They're gonna walk away with so many eggs. It's gonna, why do we, I know Easter's not about a bunny, but I'll use whatever's necessary in order to bring people to Jesus, just to point them to Christ. That Sunday, we're going to be sharing this scandalous love of God. And we're going to be sending out 15,000 of these flyers to homes around this area and just inviting them to be our guest on Sunday morning for Easter. We're going to do our best to reach people, but we can't do it without you. CWC, take Dominion. Some are uncomfortable. like you know, religion's not something I talk about. Take dominion over your fear. Because they're talking about eternity here. Can you stand to your feet with me? How many say that God has done a work in your life so far? Talking with someone that they said, Man, if it wasn't for CWC, I don't know where I'd be. It's totally transformed my marriage, my life, my family. We've heard these stories just incredibly. Easter Sunday will be 20 years we've been here. <clears throat> I'm almost ashamed to say that because I thought we would have been farther along by now. But we, when I say we, I mean I. Didn't have a lot of things in place. We, we didn't know if we could even get a church started. We were great with the Sunday service, but it was during the week where we lacked. We've solved a lot of those issues on follow-up and taking care of a lot of different areas. In fact, after service is over, we have the visitor reception lunch. For those first-time visitors as well, as those of you that would like to get involved but didn't know how to. You don't have to be a first-timer. But you're just looking at how to get involved at CWC. I want to close with Joel chapter 2. Listen to what he says. And that's just the beginning. Some of you are looking at, man, I'm so grateful for God for what he's done this far in my life. Hey, that's just the beginning. After that, someone say after that. This is what God wants to do in your life. I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. I don't care whether you're black, white, purple, green, or yellow. All kinds, every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy and also your daughters. I don't care their gender. Your old men will dream, have dreams, and your young men will see visions. I don't care your age. I will even pour out my spirit on the servants. I don't care your financial brackets. I will... Uh, your men and women both I will set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below somebody get ready to see an outpouring like you've never seen before wonders in the heavens signs on the earth I'm believing God to do the impossible of someone coming in in a wheelchair walking out pushing the wheelchair we're believing God in this next decade to take dominion over sickness take dominion over poverty take dominion Dominion over doubt. Take dominion over addiction. Take dominion over every area of your life. Come on, lift your hands right now all over this place. Worship team, if you would come. I w- it's right now. We're going to close in a moment. We're going to close in a moment, but I want to just let the presence of God just be released over each and every one of you right now. Come on. I want you to think of that one thing. One thing over this next decade you want to overcome, you want to succeed in, you want to accomplish. Think of that one thing. Not my, many of you are, are uh, you're, you're great multitaskers. This isn't the time for that. Okay? One thing. Focus in on one thing. Focus in on one area you want to just nail. Your team no? okay. I just want you guys to play over them as you guys begin to play I want you to begin just to just to release your song unto the Lord just in your heart right now the thing that you're believing God for come on right where you are in this moment Lord you're here you're here right now the Lord I speak over every dream every hope every desire Lord, we declare, my God, over that area that has kicked our butts over our lifetime, that, Lord, that thing will not have rulership over me in this next decade. God, I will have dominion over this thing. It will not rule me. I will not be ruled. I will not be held back. I will not be destroyed. Lord, I will overcome. Lord, God, I will will ascend. I will rule over those things. Lord, not because I'm powerful, because you're powerful in me. So, Lord, I decree right now, my God, dominion. I decree dominion. I decree dominance right now. Rulership, sovereignty, glory, power. Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Come on, say this with me. I decree, I declare victory, dominion over every, over every area of my life. This next decade I will live over my circumstances, not under them. I will shift atmospheres, not reflect them. I will change environments. I will release words that will shift atmospheres. In fact, I will be an atmosphere. I will be the storm. I will be the greenhouse. Wherever I go, I will bring the presence with me, and I will shift and change environments by the presence of God inside of me to those around me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we pray. Everyone says amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. In the next eight weeks, I'm just going to be preaching on dominion. It's going to lay the foundation for everything that you are going to become in God. It's going to be transformational. Going to be transformational. Because when we get down to who you were created to be, you won't settle for anything less. Amen? God bless you this morning. Thank you you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.